You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Hello, welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm Leanne Caldwell, an anchor at Washington Post Live and also co-author of the Early 202 newsletter. Today, we have another edition of Across the Aisle, and we are joined by a Republican and a Democrat on a very timely conversation. The top two members of the House Intelligence Committee, Rep- uh, Chairman uh, Mike Turner of Ohio and Ranking Member Jim Himes of Connecticut. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. So we're talking because this week was a big week for the Intelligence Committee and in investigations, general, generally speaking, uh, Special Counsel John Durham, who opened and who was assigned an investigation to look into the origins, really, of the Mueller investigation of allegations of uh, Russian collusion in the 2016 campaign. He testified behind closed doors uh, before your committee on Tuesday. So. We're going to start there with Chairman Turner. I want to ask you, uh, it was behind closed doors. What did you learn from his testimony? Well, uh, it was very appreciated that uh, Mr. Durham came before our committee. And our committee has been working on a very bipartisan basis. I want to thank Jim Himes for his dedication to that. Really, every member of our committee has been working across the aisle on a bipartisan basis. Um, we asked John Durham to come to our committee to talk about his report, not just to you know, give us the um, you know, lay of the land of, of, the, the, um, of the text itself, the uh, descriptions of the misconduct that had occurred, um, his uh, uh, dealing with the facts as to how he constructed what is the, the narrative of the Durham report. But how did he see that this would translate into uh, changes or policy issues or what would we take away as an assignment? Although he ends that report by saying, you know, I'm not going to make any specific recommendations. He's he's certainly willing to do that. He just didn't feel that in that report itself that, it, that that was the context. So we had a great exchange where we talked about FISA. We talked about the FBI. We talked about investigations. We talked about our role of our committee. And he was very helpful, I think, in giving us some um, some really you know, to do list items that will that we'll be pursuing. So I definitely just want to preface that we're going to get to FISA in a moment. I have a big section on FISA. Um, So before we go there, because I know um, this is a big topic for you guys, um, you know, ranking member Himes, um, this report took four years, millions of dollars. Um, It was essentially, to remind our viewers, an investigation of the investigation into the Trump campaign in the 2016 election, um, it ended with uh, didn't it ended with just one conviction. Um, was this report worth the time and the money? Do you think? Well, you know, it's as the chairman and I are charged with oversight, um, and that means that we are responsible for making sure that the instruments of the executive branch, whether that's the FBI or the Department of Justice or the CIA, don't act outside of the law or act inappropriately. So it's 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 a funny question to an overseer, right? We want scrutiny uh, on the actions of the FBI and the DOJ. 
Um, and so, yes, it, um, it was fine. And look, uh, my, my point of view is that truth is never a bad thing. And so long as you have good uh, objective and uh, truth oriented investigators doing the, this stuff, um, that's important. Um, what 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 you could argue is that um, the Durham report didn't uncover a lot of new ground with respect to the inspector general's report, which was issued in which the inspector general and Durham uh, both agreed in their reports that there was you know meaningful misconduct on the part of the FBI, in particular with respect to affidavits filed for uh, FISA uh, surveillance. And uh, again, though everything we do, and, and I agree with the chairman 100%, we do have this little kernel behind closed doors where we can resist some of the political pressures, but all of the noise and smoke and fire around these investigations is largely people putting immense amounts of political pressure on them because they're desperate for those investigations on both sides to prove out either their animus against Donald Trump or their animus against Hillary Clinton or whatever it may be. That's not to say that the pressures are symmetrical. I don't think they are. But to answer your question, look, if you're an overseer, you should welcome uh, investigations. You should welcome the ability, you know, neither Mike nor I have the time or the resources to spend years looking um, at the gritty, nitty gritty detail of what FBI does. So we we, we welcome these things as 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 good as, uh, uh, cooperative efforts in our oversight. And it's important to note that this investigation has been highly politicized over the last several years. You know, Donald Trump said, predicted that it was going to uncover crimes of the century. There's been a lot of anticipation that this would uncover corruption in the FBI, politicization in the FBI. So it's actually just monumental that the two of you, a Republican and a Democrat, are sitting here together to talk about a very, what has been political investigation. So I wanna thank you for that. But also, uh, Chairman Turner, um, what John Durham did find is that the FBI should have perhaps not opened a full investigation into Donald Trump and his campaign, but perhaps a preliminary investigation. So was that a, an important telling of of his findings was that important when you look at the the um the overall picture of the FBI and how it handles these really sensitive high profile investigations Right. So what he found was what he called confirmation bias, that in fact, the individuals that received information had a bias, a predisposition against Donald Trump. And, and that, of course, we all know because it was expressed in, in text messages, which were you know, released and we've all had an opportunity to read. But his conclusion of this confirmation bias was that um, you know it allowed them then to use the mechanisms of the FBI to, to confirm the information they have in front of them and then you know, launch a full investigation. What's really sad about all this is if you think that, that this should not have happened, we have both the Mueller report, the Horwitz report, the Durham report, the Nunes memorandum, all of them saying that there was not collusion and yet we have this full-blown investigation. We have two years where the Trump administration was completely hounded, where they had a special counsel that was investigating them. Imagine for our country, just the divisiveness that occurred if that, if that had not happened, if it had just been um, as the report describes, you know, a Clinton campaign slogan or initiative rather than a government initiative. And that's where we have to be concerned, not just that, that there's a campaign that has this initiative and, and opposition research, but that it was then taken into the government and then with that uh, had the officialdom of, of government action. That leaves us at a, at a position where we have to be concerned because we got all got to see, you know, our country was torn apart, uh, the media was torn apart, and certainly this we had an administration of a you know validly elected 
president who was hounded for two years over something that that just wasn't true. Uh, Ranking member Himes, you also called confirmation bias this week. You said it was bad. Um, How do you fix it? Well, that's that's really our job. Um, And it's very difficult. You know, one of the things, the lines that stuck with me from the Durham report was he didn't actually, in fact, he explicitly said that he's not proposing changes in policies and procedures. And his line was, what we need to do is not do new rules. We need to go back to really abiding by the old ones. Uh, and that's pretty challenging. And and, and look, I think um, I would tell you that um, FBI, particularly driven by the fact that there's a great deal of suspicion around their activities uh, in the FISA world, um, has cleaned up their act meaningfully. Now, I'm not going to say they've cleaned up their act enough because I'm not ready to say that, but they have instituted pretty dramatic reforms with respect to what an agent needs to do when they want to query a U.S. person, as they did in the case of uh, of, of um, Carter Page. Now, Carter Page, I should note, was that was a that was not 702 querying, but the point is, it's the same organization not acting with the competence and the clarity that it should. So, you know, they've already made changes. The question, of course, is it uh, is is it enough? And you know, uh, what Mike and I are trying to do. Um, Um, I don't think Mike and I think that we're going to agree with each other on political stuff. Just yesterday, we voted in different ways around the censure of the previous chairman, Adam Schiff. So we're not seeking uh, unanimity of opinion. But what we are trying to do is create a space where we can do the critical work of, of overseeing our national security that is not polluted by people's partisan desires. And, you know, the chairman's absolutely right. Um, you know, the, the, the Trump conspiracy collusion, whatever you want to call it, that was the subject of five investigations. By the way, the charge that Hillary Clinton was incompetent as secretary of state when the Benghazi tragedy went down was subject to eight or nine investigations, right? So, um, you know, all of which all of those investigations failing to turn up the kind of political conclusions that partisans are so desperate to find. And though Mike and I are not charged with this task, we do need to think about how we take the temperature down, because at the end of the day, the cost is borne by the American judicial system. If you know 60% of Americans think that the FBI is either working for Hillary Clinton because of the Steele memorandum or working for Donald Trump because the director of the FBI announced Hillary Clinton's investigation, the, the effect of that is a total loss of confidence in our judicial process. And, and I'll tell you, that, that way lies the erosion of our democracy. So Chairman Turner, are we just in this everlasting investigations loop I mean, there has been investigation after investigation um, since, yeah, since before the 2016 election. Does it, you know, as as members who do oversee over who are part of oversight, is this okay, or does there need to be some sort of systematic change here? Well, you know, I, certainly we can't go into a period where there, there are no investigations that, that we don't have oversight. And I think Jim's absolutely correct. And that's our role is to provide uh, oversight. Um, I think what we have to be concerned with, and we had this conversation with Durham, um, and, and that is this issue of, you know, a, what is what is political discourse? Uh, what is government action? And then what is oversight? You know, in this, in, in in many instances, we have to provide oversight of what was government action. Like there was a person who was in a government role who took action X, and was that appropriate? Um, the um, those types of questions, I think, are are what everybody wants government to do. It, it's how we have the checks and balances. It's how we make certain that that we find the truth and that people are held accountable. 
the, the concern is when we have a political discourse that is purely political, that is, is parts of campaigns that then are incorporated into uh, government action. We have to be very concerned about that. And, and that's, I think, what, as Jim was saying, you know, what Durham's message is, is, you know, I, I think that the foundational rules, the principles that the FBI and DOJ had would have before found an aversion to this uh, in, in that particular instance. And in others, I, I think, uh, you know, we have to look at and make certain that like, government's doing the right thing when government takes action. So, Chairman Turner, I'm going to follow up with you. Do you think that the FBI is inherently a political organization or has been politicized in recent years? I think that, and I think that's part of the sadness of what you hear from from Durham's report, and when you speak to him personally, you know, when he when he talks about this confirmation bias, I, I think he thinks that that you know internal culture at the FBI, that in, a, in an earlier era, that you probably would have had people who were coworkers who were sitting with each other who might have put their arm on each other's shoulder and said, hey, now, you know, let, let's let's step back here. Um, and, and you didn't have that. You had people who were full bore ahead uh, with that confirmation bias. I, I do think that the Durham report has lessons for the FBI that are not just administrative and are not just laws for Congress to pass, but but are cultural. And uh, I, I hope they I hope they rise to that occasion. Um, you know, we're going to be talking to De- Director Ray, obviously, after having talked to Durham and say, OK, now we've heard from him. We've read this report. Um, clearly, there's issues of, of misconduct. There's issues of culture. Um, how are you going to address this? And how are you going to change it? And which is, as you said, and as Jim Kirkley said, is completely separate than FISA and 702 um, renewal that is, is coming up. But I do think there's a cultural issue that needs to be addressed at the FBI, and that is a leadership issue. That goes directly to the director's responsibility. Ranking member Hines, yeah. do you agree? Quick yeah, there. Um, I, I think this is a really important distinction. I mean, when people ask, is the FBI a political actor? First of all, remember, we're talking about a massive organization with tens of thousands of employees scattered all over the world, right? So the question, is it political, um, is sort of a, a, an odd question to begin with. It's made up of human beings. And those human beings have political sentiments. And you could point, for example, to the really inadvisable text that Peter Strzok sent to Lisa Page in which he made very clear that he did not like Donald Trump. Now, it's not a problem. Uh, All of us have our own opinions about Donald Trump and about Hillary Clinton. That's not a problem. What is a problem is when that becomes relevant in a political environment. Um, And what I would say is there's no question in my mind that everybody in the FBI has a political belief and political biases. What they need to do is keep those biases out of the work. And the good news around the inspector general's report and the Durham report is that neither investigation found that there was systematic political bias. That's good. What worries me much more than that is um, there is a, for lack of a better word, I will say there is a culture of sloppiness. Um, around things like U.S. person queries. All you need to do is read the FISA opinions or read the PCLOB reports. And what you see is that when a special agent sits down or used to, because I should note there have been dramatic uh, reforms inside the FBI, whether there are enough or not, that'll be uh, for Mike and I to talk about in the future. But um, it is really clear that um, when a special agent sits down to do a query, they are not thinking as seriously. The culture does not require them to think as seriously about the fact that they are about to view U.S. person data and for years that went on. And look, it's well, well documented. And, and that 
we're never going to squeeze political opinions out of the people who, uh, who, who, who work in the FBI, but we can absolutely alter the culture and the procedures so that they take this, so that there's no sloppiness in the system and around profound issues of privacy, they are as careful as a pilot flying a plane or a surgeon conducting surgery. And that has not been where they have historically, be, uh, that's not historically been their mindset. So Congressman Himes, is that done through the FISA process or is that done through just management at the top and a change in leadership? Can you kind of clarify both. there? Yeah, both. And, and you know, you should get the chairman's view on this, but absolutely both. I mean, you know, uh, there must be accountability uh, and there has for a lot of the senior leaders of the FBI who either, you know, undertook uh, bad behavior or tolerated it. There must be accountability because an example must absolutely be set. That's true in the FBI. That's true in corporate America. That's true here in the United States Congress. But 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 more challengingly, there also must be structural and cultural change. So again, you know that FBI agent sitting in front of a terminal, do, about to do a U.S. person query, they are as serious about their job. I you know I said pilots and surgeons. You know it's it's it may not be a matter of life and death, but it's a matter of a constitutional right. Right. And changing that culture is about more than accountability. It's procedures. And by the way, you know, the chairman and I have spent a lot of time with the director of the FBI saying, you know, you're going to have a hard time keeping these tools because of the behavior and how you use these tools. About guess what? That's caused them to sit up and take notice. And we're seeing changes inside the FBI that, you know, hopefully will be sustainable. One quick follow up. Does Director Ray, should he still lead the organization? I'll, I'll, I'll jump in really quickly here. You know, yeah. um, the the misbehavior inside the FBI, and I would I would not just the FISA application stuff, but you know, when Director Comey, I alluded this before, when Director Comey, without consulting with the DOJ, a week before a national election, announced an investigation into Hillary Clinton, you sort of you, you know you you want to set your hair on fire over that kind of behavior. I would note that um, that since Director Ray came in to his position. Uh, reforms have been undertaken. The number of improper U.S. person queries has gone down dramatically. So I, I don't speak for the chairman on this, but I, I see Director Ray as a guy who's been working pretty hard to clean up the FBI's act. Chairman, your answer. And, and this, I would, I would agree with Jim. One thing that I think is important is, you know, a lot of, for example, when you take the Durham report, um, you know, that misconduct occurred before uh, Ray was was there. Um, and you know, even though you know, there are many elements of his leadership that were, I think many members are very concerned about and in directions that the FBI has taken that need to be addressed. At this moment in time, um, I think he is informed with the problems that, that uh, Congress sees in the performance of the FBI. I think he's uh, discerningly aware of the fact that the FBI's reputation has been tarnished with the American public and why. Um, and I think not only does uh, you know Congress, the American public, have directors raise attention, but I think that uh, he he sees these items as issues that are his responsibility and for reform. Now, if, if he is unable to dedicate himself to that, then obviously I think there needs to be a change. But I think we're seeing a change in Director Ray, and that's what's important: is that he he clearly has seen there's a problem; it needs to be addressed, and I think he's getting a clear handle on what those issues are. Uh, now to FISA, Chairman Turner, I know this is especially a big issue for you. You've set up a bipartisan subcommittee working group um, to address this. Um, 
this is was brought up in part of the Durham report, but it's also a separate issue too. Um, to remind our viewers, FISA is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act that was enacted after 9-11 in an attempt to get more surveillance of foreign nationals, but especially in Section 702, a portion of that act, sometimes Americans are swept up in, in this surveillance um, that raises some constitutional concerns. So this Act is expect is uh, needs to be reauthorized by the end of the year if it is to be reauthorized. So specifically, what changes need to be made? Have you figured that out yet? Right. So you're correct. We've appointed a, a bipartisan working group. Jim and I have uh, impaneled this with members from our intelligence committee. Uh, we have both. It's an equal number of Democrats and Republicans. It is truly a bipartisan working group. Uh, the Judiciary Committee, Chairman Jordan, has agreed to provide members of a working group for a week so we can have a coordinated effort between the Judiciary Committee and the Intelligence Committee. That's going to be incredibly important. Um, in addition to both the Durham report and just, you know, what we've seen for the, um, you know, the FISA abuses that occurred in the Trump-Russia investigation, uh, the FISA court itself has released publicly, so it's opened the public discourse, some areas of where there have been violations. Uh, Jim and I have also received presentations of you know, what some of the reforms are that have been undertaken in the FBI themselves. And although they do seem to be having some impact, there are there's a there certainly is a ways to go there. There's a, a gap between uh, the accountability uh, portion of those reforms and, um, and the access to the overall data that, that I think we could have an impact on. Uh, but uh, predominantly, as Jim is saying, this is an issue of, you know, data on American persons where we have a statute that is designed to uh, give us access to foreign intelligence. Uh, so we, we need to be very, very careful in this method to, to be able to protect people's constitutional rights, people's privacy. Um, and I think that this working group is, is doing a very good job of identifying, here are the abuses. These are the things that we've seen that have happened. These are Americans that have been inappropriately queried through the system, one of which is Darren LaHood, Congressman LaHood, who's the chair of our working group. He is one of those who has been identified by the court in their own uh, releases as having been inappropriately queried. So I think from those abuses, we're getting a pretty good picture of some of the areas that we need to fix. And Ranking Member Himes, where do you, st first of all, you have suggested that there are, that any changes should be made. Um, are you confident that there can be some sort of agreement between a Republican House and a Democratic Senate on how to move forward that this perhaps could be reauthorized by the end of the year? Well, when you ask the question that way, it's a very easy question to answer. Um, you know, Mike and I every day uh, for much of the day see the information that we get that keeps Americans safe as a result of 702 uh, authorities. And that uh, it helps us interdict fentanyl. It helps us understand what the Chinese are doing with the North Korea. So the answer to the question you asked is that 702 must be reauthorized. I mean, were we okay. to just put that tool down and say we're not going to use it, you might as well, you know, I, I don't want to be... Uh, uh, you know, bombastic here, but you might as well say, let's get rid of a couple of aircraft carriers, right? I mean, that would be profoundly foolish of the Congress to do. So it must be reauthorized. The only question is, 
um, what are the reforms uh, that are necessary to get a majority in the House and 60 votes in the Senate for that to happen? I don't know that we know the answer to that question yet. I can tell you that the reforms live on a spectrum somewhere between what the FBI has already done, which has been really quite meaningful, is enough. I would tell you that some people are probably there. And then some people are very much in the camp of, you know, the FBI shouldn't do U.S. person queries. Um, uh, Mike and I are starting the process now of, you know, educating our respective members, uh, broadly speaking, across the uh, the House of Representatives on the authorities, on the history here, on the reforms that have been made. So it'll be a little while before we know where you get a majority on that spectrum of proposed reforms. Great. Um, uh, Chairman Turner, uh, I want to switch topics quickly. Um, earlier this week, you said that uh, the Trump classified documents case, that there's grave concern about it. Um, just Real quick, have you guys seen the documents that uh, that Trump was in possession of? We have not. We, well, first off, the, uh, we've not seen all of the documents, but uh, what we've seen relates both to Trump and Biden and uh, Pence. So these are these are not just Trump documents. And my statement, actually, what you heard was, you know, I have I have concern over over all of the documents uh, that that are serious that we've seen there you know you can put them into three categories there's the ones that are, are meaningless there's two that uh, you know, category two items that have by date have expired in their significance and three that are like hot right now um, in category two and three there are documents that that should never have been uh, you know removed from a, a classified con controlled space um, and that, that that would pose a risk and that's true for both Biden and and for Trump uh, I think that our committee is taking the look of this as to, okay, we have a problem in the transition between administrations. We had the archives uh, in, uh, and both of the uh, archivists that are responsible for presidential transitions testified that there has been a problem in the transitions of administrations and the commingling of classified and unclassified documents going all the way back to Reagan. And over uh, 80 members of Congress have had classified documents that have been sent to, and, and government officials have been sent to libraries to be held where those institutions have later got in touch with the archives and said, we found classified material, including almost a hundred from Senator Muskie's uh, collection. Yeah. So yeah. this is an area where I, I think, you know, we do have concern. That is sort of our job, right? Our job is to be concerned about classified information and classified material. So when you see this, it's, it's striking to us and it certainly is concerning to us uh, that these documents would be out of a controlled space. Do you think that the many Republicans are saying that this indictment against Trump uh, shows that there's two tiers system to a two tiered system of justice? Do you agree, Chairman Turner? I think certainly you have a, a huge perception that there is two tiered uh, of of, uh, of justice. You have you know the Hillary uh, list, which we could you know all go over again of the classified material that was actively going through her her uh, her server at her home. You have these documents. You have the the Biden documents. Biden's house wasn't raided. Trump's house was raided. Um, so you you have to see though, but the what happens next, and that's the rest of the story, right? I mean, many people miss the president of the United States currently has a criminal investigation with a special counsel appointed concerning his handling of classified information. We'll all have to wait to see how that turns out. Yeah, well, and to be clear, the most of the charges relate to the resist Trump's resistance of handing those documents over, um, which makes a difference between the Biden, well, Biden campaign. I don't think you can do a comparative of most. I mean, the, the issue itself is is obviously there have been charges that have been filed that relate to the handling of classified documents. And the, the issue goes to 
than what happens in the other investigation that, that's ongoing. And that, that's really what was your question. We'll, we'll have to watch both of these to see, you know, how does that play into people's overall concern of is there unequal application of law? Uh, Ranking Member Himes, um, I want to run through a bunch of appointments or investigations that have been run through the Department of Justice over the last several years. You have uh, the Mueller investigation under the Trump Department of Justice, the Durham investigation under Trump, the Weiss Hunter Biden um, that was launched under a Trump DOJ, the Biden classified docs, the Trump classified docs under the Biden uh, Department of Justice. Um, so with all these investigations um, that have been ongoing through the Department of Justice or directed by the Department of Justice, um, do you think that the DOJ is independent from the White House or independent enough? Um, I do. I do. Uh, I don't know. Independent enough is an interesting question. Um, you know, we've watched this president um, remain utterly silent. Uh, on the uh, work, on Special Counsel Smith's work. Uh, that was obviously not the behavior of the previous president who regularly urged the Department of Justice and the FBI to investigate his political foes. Um, but I mean, look, I think it needs to be said flat out. Um, I don't see a problem with the investigations. I, I didn't agree with absolutely everything in the Durham investigation, but I can't point to anything in it that was clearly incorrect. And I think that we owe it to our democracy to say very clearly that there are not two tiers of justice, um, that the DOJ and the FBI are human beings and they will make mistakes. But you know, this notion that uh, you know, the investigations of Donald Trump's uh, behavior with respect to Russia were, uh, were driven by political considerations. Those points have now been refuted both by the inspector general and by um, uh, the special counsel, Durham. Uh, and, and we yes, we I mean, eight or nine investigations of Benghazi, two investigations of Donald Trump. What we need to do is stop eroding the stability and the respect for the Department of Justice and the FBI, conscious as we are that they are imperfect because their work doesn't lead to the political result that we want. You know, my colleagues here are up in arms over the notion that Hunter Biden pled on this and, and, and evidently people in this institution who aren't lawyers know far better than the prosecutors in that case and pointed out his politicization. I made a statement, um, Leanne, uh, uh, on social media saying that there was no comparison between what you know Donald Trump did uh, or, or didn't do with respect to Russia and Hillary Clinton's behavior, which I termed irresponsible. I used the word irresponsible with respect to keeping official emails on her private server. And I got obliterated by Hillary Clinton supporters saying, how can you say it was irresponsible? And I tell that story just to say that this is the world we're in, where Mike and I, if we try to do our jobs, uh, try to do oversight, uh, try to support the institutions that are critical to this country's operations, and we say things that aren't consistent with what our more activist voters want, we get obliterated. And if that keeps up, let's not be surprised five years from now when we no longer have a democracy. Mm. We are out of time, but Chairman Turner, I, I want to give you 15 seconds to say something or respond to that um, before we have to go. I, I just want to say that, that I, I agree with Jim on, on most things, but but I do think our democracy is going to be sound. And I, I know he's saying that as, as the as the risk and, and a warning. 
and and I, I, I certainly believe that the warning is, is true, but I, I don't I don't want to leave on the on the note of you know in, in five years that that that, that might happen. But I, I tell you what, there are people in this institution every day in Congress who go to work who work on a bipartisan basis. It's not what makes it in the headlines. Uh, it is the work that gets done, and it's necessary work, and it's certainly I think important for our country. Great. Thank you both so much for your time today. Chairman Turner, Ranking Member Himes of the House Intelligence Committee. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.